I haven't had to do this in front of these people in a long time. You should get Although, down and get some like uh, some push-ups and. I know. No, I'm ripped. I'm good. Yeah, I, I think let's just jump into it. You know, screw it. It started. If you're listening to this, you've already heard the beginning or not. But either way is fine. Uh, it, we're recording a podcast again for the first time in a long time. I didn't look up how long it's been since I last recorded an episode, but it's been a few years. Um, and it's something that I have wanted to come back to. Um, it's probably the thing that I've missed the most from sort of taking a break from everything that I was doing. And it's something that I had a lot of sort of like fear and anxiety about, I guess, just sort of figuring out like what it would be living up to what it used to be, sort of how to account for all the ways that I've changed since doing that and the shift in my own perspective. And, uh, you know, so Chris Fenner and I were talking and uh, he sort of has continually kicked me in the butt to just start doing it again. And uh, I said, sure, <laughs> if you'll do it with me at least. So now we're figuring I, out I a whole yes new system multiple for times. Yeah. And then Chris was like, let's do it tomorrow. And I was like, no, I have to think about it some more. And then Chris was like, okay, let's do it the next day. And I was like, yeah, ah. No, I want to think more. Yeah. Yeah, just dragging it out. So now we're recording this um, and we have a bit of a plan. It's definitely a work in progress. But, you know, the intent is that. We've sort of kept the old name and that for now, you know, the uh, first season is going to be short topical conversations with the two of us. Um, and then moving forward, you know, we'd like to bring back in other people and guests and stuff, but just starting at the beginning. And uh, yeah, so hopefully if you're listening to this, it'll be helpful. And I just I wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent me really uh, positive messages on Instagram about this and was very supportive. So I feel like the now that I've sort of <laughs> shaken my nerves. Were off, you surprised <laughs> about the positive messages? Uh, I don't know. I was I was a little bit. I think I think I had this feeling that was like it's I don't want to say a saturated market, but like there's, there's not room to do that again. You know, it's almost like, and I think that was even the sense that I got after I, um, left YouTube was like, I feel like in the, and, and some of this was already going on, but it was like, as I pulled out was right when like Peter McKinnon and Indie Mogul and all these other channels sort of took off. Um, and that's where every time that I looked at doing it again, I was like, what, what do I have to do that isn't already being done? You know, like when mm -hmm. I started, I feel like there was this big gap between like really, really high end inaccessible stuff and like really YouTubery DIY PVC rig stuff. And it was like, okay, there's a gap that we can fit in, in the middle here. Um, and then as I got, got out, well, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I was surprised at just how much people seemed to be excited for it to come back. I was always excited at how well this did to begin with, honestly. Right. Like, I was talking to someone a week ago about that. It's like I was in London at the British Cinematographers event, you know, London NAB, and, like, was talking to some guys from the Facebook group, and this girl in front of us turns around and was like, oh, I recognize your voice from your podcast, and she was from Latvia. I, like, Jeez. got recognized in Chicago in a hotel by people – I was like at a so the lunch like a line three years no. ago. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit. I was internet famous within the film community. If I was in a localized place where you had a lot of those people and right. they were connected to this, but yeah, yeah it was sense. it was always crazy to me how big it got and sort of like it started off as a 
almost like a joke, you know, it was like me and Dennis and you and Mike Lee Thomas and like just a few well, people who like really I was friends with. Yeah. It was just But uh it was me, but but I mean like guess wise and then it was like episode six or something was like Greg Frazier. And then it was that like That was kinda like the big uh, that's just kind of like it broke the dam, so to speak, right? That episode. I think so. Yeah, that and that was sort of like, and that's where I was honestly even surprised at how positive he was about it. That he was really into it, and he sort of became a a champion for it in some ways. Where like he was the one who got the Bradford Young interview. Like that never would have happened if Greg Fraser didn't grease those wheels and then you know i was like at nab a year later and he was trying to hook me up with gareth edwards and was like texting me directions to run around and be like you need to go meet gareth edwards and it didn't work out but it was just like you know i think it was surprising because i like got a phone call from greg frazier one day i was out to lunch and he was asking me about like digital sputnik skin tones and i was like aren't you busy winning oscars like that's crazy it was really weird and uh and so I think there's some sense that like I it's hard because you don't want to fill your own head. But there was always this sense I had that like there's something valuable here. And I, I think my sense is that the most valuable thing that I have in these conversations is a like at least a willingness to attempt to be brutally honest and to not oversimplify and polarize things and be clickbaity and to just follow the message. And so. You know, we talked about coming back. It's like, I think just to, to lean into that more and more, like there's plenty of gear reviews, there's plenty of three point lighting things, but just talking about the ugly parts of the industry and the ugly parts of a career here and like the hard things and the lessons that no one wants to teach you on YouTube. Um, you know, that's a space that I guess I'm, I'm comfortable sitting in and it's conversations that you and I have had a lot. And so, you know, I think it sort of makes sense for us to slog into them together. Yeah. Sounds so great. who are you? I'm, uh, let's see. First off, <laughs> I'm uh, Julia's husband, if you don't know my awesome wife. Uh, Aww, what I live a in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's important to it know is. that uh, your significant other um, has been, meant so much to you and has been the main point of your success. Like without, I think, um, without her, any quote unquote success that I've had, it's not mine. It's we, so I'm not trying to suck up, just being honest. Um, I, I don't think it actually matters to this conversation. I think going back to what Evan was saying, um, I looked up super secret last one you uploaded, I think it was three years ago. Does that sound right? Sounds right. Okay, cool. So since then, um, you have changed immensely, um, both like I think in your thinking, um, what's important to you in life. Um, also like physically, um, which has been awesome. You got like getting the CrossFit and just making self-help really important to you. Um, I know I have changed and I hope that people listening, if you go back three years, you might be a little aghast at who you were and hopefully excited, um, about where you're going and appreciative of where you are currently. So, um, because of that time, um, and the changes happen. I think you and I probably about a month ago, we just started having like awesome conversations about shit that was like not necessarily filmmaking, but like life yeah. and maybe how small really what we do and what we put ourselves worth in is really in the grand scheme of things. And just, re I know part of the reason of kind of pushing you or being excited about you starting over. It's just those conversations to me are the best conversations to have. 
I know when I'm on a job, I love the people I'm around, honestly, more than the work sometimes. And if there's, you know, cool cats, a part of certain things, I'll jump on it. Whereas, you know, in the past I might not do that, that job. And so people more and more have meant so much to me and just hearing the change and just being stoked about you open to change and uh, maybe some of your, not, I guess, faults in the past are like, uh, shortcomings you've worked on improved and just us and then me also telling about the things that i've tried to look at differently and improve on it's just it's been really i hate to use the word fruitful but encouraging and just uh really cool conversations and so that was kind of the spurring of like dude you need to like if we would just record these phone calls they'd be amazing <laughs> um, at least for us and this is also i think something that we've started back or you've started back just a little selfish because and we just want to make it kind of about us and about our conversations because we enjoy it. And if other people seem to enjoy it, that's rad. But I'd be cool just doing, you know, three of these and never doing them again if those three conversations were like really meaningful and little things that people could really like lean on and and learn from or just appreciate and just kind of like also be along for the ride or they can really relate to. So um, but that's kind of why I've pushed you to start them again. I just, I've personally enjoyed those phone calls. So, and we, for anybody out there listening, it's like once every two weeks, we're not like every day <laughs> talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, bro. It's like yeah, once man. in a while, our wives are way more important than each other. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I, I think that's fair. And I, I, you know, I think part of the, the thing that I was getting at with you is like people might not know this about us but like <laughs> we've been in this together for a long time at this point you know and right. sort of there have been seasons and i feel like uh hard conversations <laughs> have probably been a a landmark of our relationship but like chris was sort of the first real like industry friend i would say that i had where it was like the we i went to my first nab um and was looking for oh, a room and got connected to some people <laughs> i had to tell hey you can tell the story if you want no but, you tell it you tell it uh, oh, uh i'll tell the story fine so i was you know i was just getting into the into making stuff you know at the time i was like 18 or 19 and had a dslr and didn't know anything about the industry decided to go to nab and just learn what i could was looking for a room I had gone to Masters in Motion already at this point I think and so I had sort of gotten connected to like the Twitter film community was where it was happening at the time like Twitter yeah. was the platform um, and so I was fishing around for a roommate and I th I want to say that like Christina or someone from Masters in Motion sort of like retweeted that and somehow I got connected to you and your friends from uh what's it called the big church down there oh the, um, uh yeah uh Shoot, uh, North Point, I think they were working yes. at the time. Yeah, Travis and yeah, Travis the other Fish. Dude's name. Yeah, but uh, but so we got connected and we're like, hey, you know, we have a room. You're welcome to stay with us. Very, very kind. You know, I was. It's weird to think back to like some of the stuff that I did at that age. It was just like I just decided to go to Vegas with strangers. Um, but uh, got to the hotel. It was my first time in Vegas, and uh, everyone was out, and so I just like crashed. Um, went to bed and I don't know where you were, but I met Chris when we woke up next to each other in a queen bed in Vegas. And so, uh, that mm -hmm. was, that's the story eight, eight years ago and almost nine years ago at this point, it's like Jeez. forever ago. Yeah. Um, Long but time. yeah. And so from there it was like, you were already 
you know, I think definitely ahead of where I was in the industry, you were working as a DP. I think you had just done that Lecrae video that I know that I was like super floored by. Um, cause I was, you know, oh, it's that, good, yeah, but especially where I was. Yeah. 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 The, the, the confessions of a millionaire yeah, or something. Yeah. But, uh, so Chris and I met and we sort of like, I feel like Siamese twinned, we like latched onto each other and just started pulling each other into things. And, um, you know, I brought Chris up to, to help me with some early projects. And if you've heard my stories, you've probably heard some of the stories of fish market commercials and mass maritime Academy videos. And then Chris had an opportunity for this watch video and, you know, we did ESPN stuff together and we've sort of gone through the ringer and spent seasons where we were closer and seasons where we were doing our own thing. And, um, Chris is an incredibly accomplished filmmaker in his own right and has worked on some very cool stuff, especially in the last few years and, you know, union projects. And so you have a whole different perspective, I think now than I do and sort of where we've ended up. But, uh, but yeah, just sort of like one of the people I think who I value for your willingness to just keep sort of slugging it out both in the industry and in life and in our relationship with each other. Um, and I think that's sort of like the thing that I value most in people at this point is like the the willingness to just go out there, look at hard things and and confront them and whether that's anything from like how we're looking at lighting, you know, interviews to how we're communicating with people to how we're negotiating with production to, you know, any of the other stuff that we're going to get into. I think that that willingness to just like accept that you don't know everything, but that you're willing to do hard things to make things better is why I really value you as a friend and why I feel like I'm, I'm excited to have your perspective in these conversations. I love it. Let's uh, do it. No, I appreciate sick. that. No, yeah, I think that's a good summary. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about like, I mean, I know things will touch in the filmmaking world, but I think kind of like the conversations more about life and the ancillary things that have such an impact on what we do as a profession. Mm-hmm. And um, those are going to be really fun, I think. And yeah, I think also like, as far as bringing in guests and having people on, you know, if you bring in Greg Frazier again, I think your line of questions that you asked him however many years ago, let's say four, is going to be to- back then is going to be totally bif- different now. Like, frankly, right. I'm going to want to know a lot about like his work life balance or if that's even a thing in his consideration of, of, uh, of how he operates, you know, um, friends, like, you know, it's probably his, film crew you know is mainly his friends does he have what does he do outside of work what's his hobbies things like that that are sometimes it gets people more excited to talk about that and i just want to really get to know people um and ask those questions that you normally aren't asked um and then challenge things like i think we're both now more confident in who we are and we're not um, afraid to ask tough questions to anybody because like that's what life is. And it's, um, those tough questions sometimes spur from, um, a point of, I want to learn a little bit of selfishness. Cause you know, if I ask this question, I'm going to get an answer. That's going to help me down the road. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, excited about what can happen. So let's get yeah. into it. Well, it's interesting you say that. Cause I feel like I always, uh, sort of felt like the podcast for me was this looking back on it was 
the conversations were almost like this exploration <laughs> of my subconscious that was like slightly ahead of where I actually was. Because when I look back at like the interview we did with Bradford Young, we pretty much just talked about like work life balance. Like we didn't talk mm-hmm. about technical stuff. And like there were other conversations I had with people around then. And I think I was really hammering on that. And I, I at the time I didn't know why. And then it was like two months later that I was like, I need to shut down this whole big part of what I do and rebalance my life. Right. And so I think that's part of what made me scared to come back to it honestly was like this sense that it's a it's a vulnerable representation of whatever i'm dealing with at the moment you well, know you're a verbal processor so once you get going you gotta pull that e-brake to stop and you just will keep going right and and i think there's something valuable to that but it, it's like the, and there was something to this like spending you know months verbally processing these things with people and them hearing it, but not being a part of the other conversations, you know, and then making a decision that things had to change and just getting almost exclusively negative feedback for that, you know, From um, which people that's that another, didn't know the whole story though. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is like, and so even in these conversations, you know, I think the scary part is that, these conversations for a lot of people are going to be the only conversations of ours they hear. And there's always something weird about people having whatever that perception is of you. And I think I've just come to accept it on some level, but it's like, um, you know, you were there the literally the moment that I archived the super secret film group. Do we want to, do you want to preface this any just kind of like, cause we've gone to like, we've talked about you and I and our relationship, yada, yada, yada. And now is there anything you want to say about kind of why you started down the path of even considering shutting down what probably 90% of the people from the outside looking in would consider something very successful? I'm putting these yeah. in quotes for anyone that's not watching. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think that conversation to me is like part of a topic maybe. Um, and so like I think that that's worth digging into like almost our, our, our shifting definitions of success and like what we thought we wanted. Um, and so I I definitely want to get into that. I would spend way too much time on that to get into it right (laughs) now. So, you know, I think the, the, the passing thing is just that like you've, you've seen those decisions and you've seen what's going on in the rest of my life. And like the people who were there, we were all out at a bar. It was like five filmmaker friends. And uh, I had been sort of like really struggling with this decision for a while and feeling like this is damaging things in my life. I need to do something about it. Um, And I was, and I was joking, I think at one point and I like pulled up the archive group button and you're like, you should just do it. Um, and I did it and, you know, at the time it was actually a, a helpful thing and it was in the context of people who understood it. And then like the next day I started getting death threats from people. Wait, um, seriously? Like straight up death threats? Not straight up death threats. Okay. I think the most, the most, I got a number of very strongly worded messages. One of my favorites was something to the tune of, I'm going to make sure you never work in this industry again. Like I'm going to go tell everyone that you're an asshole and you shouldn't be employed by them. Because I had another guy. Turn, there's. Okay, I'm, that was so good. It Sorry. doesn't. It doesn't make doesn't, any sense to me. Yeah, I, and that's where like I, I, you know, I had to sort of accept that. I had so many crazy things that didn't make sense to me that followed that. Where like, because I, I took a break from Instagram. I found a bot and I unfollowed everyone on Instagram. It just unfollowed everyone. Um, and I had this kid. You know, I don't, I don't know who he was. It was just in the in the slew of people who I sort of got connected to on Instagram. Sent me this really long DM about how he was like 
look, man, I used to look up to you and you were really cool and I can't believe that you unfollowed me and that's really fucked up and you, you this and you that. And I was just like, I mean, not to be rude, but it's like, dude, I don't even know who you are. Like, this is not personal. Like, I, I am doing what I have to do to to not destroy my life right now. And I understand that, like, you looked up to me and that's that's fine. And I'm sorry if you don't understand what's going on. But, like, if you look at my follower count as zero, I didn't unfollow you because I think your work is shitty. Like, I unfollowed you for other reasons. And yeah. if you can't see that right now, that's fine. Um, and I think that those reactions of all the people who saw little pieces of things and had really strong feelings about it are probably the biggest thing that has scared me from putting anything out again. And it's why every time that I've thought about getting back into YouTube, you know, getting back into a podcast, doing whatever else is like, I know my intention and I know what I'm trying to do here, but I almost had like PTSD from people just like holding on to that. Um, And so you know, I, I don't say that to hedge our conversation so much as to say that, like, if you're listening to this and you ever hear anything, that, you know, you don't understand, like, one, I'm happy to talk about it more. Like, feel free to reach out to me. But two, know that everyone who does stuff like this is real people outside of what you're watching or listening to and has so much going on that you're not aware of. Um, and so, like, I mean, Again, we don't have to get into the whole story of sort of what happened, but like I, I was literally just like everything around me was crumbling, um, and like the the rip cord that I pulled to sort of like stop the ship sinking was I'm just gonna free up a bunch of bandwidth by shutting all this stuff mm-hmm. down, um, and that was sort of what I needed to do to level out, and it's been probably one of the best decisions I ever made, and and I don't regret anything that I did, and I'm excited to be doing it again. Um, knowing what I know now, you know, having skills, having support, having processed all that stuff. Um, and hopefully people get something out of it. And, you know, for anyone who's still mad at me, uh, you know, maybe when you hear the rest of the story, that'll change. And if not, uh, I hope you find better things to be mad at. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. I didn't know all of that, but that's crazy, dude. Not, Dude, people get really fired up. I, it's like, it's the amount of emotional energy that, which is like, and that's another thing that was just so frustrating about it was, you know, it was like the months leading up to that. I was having all these conversations with people. I was trying to figure out like, can I make this like financially viable so I can get help so that it stops destroying me. And so I'd like tried to launch like this other Patreon thing and stuff. And like, I kept running into this sentiment that was like, we really like what you're doing, but it's not worth anything. Like we did a meetup in New York city, um, that you were there for. And I remember a, a dude came up to me as a member of the group and was like, I'm really glad you're doing this. And I'm really glad it's $20. Cause if it was any more, I don't think I would have come. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that information? Like seriously. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. Like I'm glad that I put all the effort into this and I'm glad that it was worth 20 bucks. But like, and so this experience of like spending months and months going like, I think this is good. I think this is valuable. I think what I'm doing is helpful. I think this is valuable to the community and people being like, yeah, it's fun, but it's not worth anything. We're not going to give you anything for it. It's not, it's not, it's not, we don't care. And did you take that uh, sentiment harder because at the time you were probably putting a lot of your self worth into it? I think so. I mean, I think there was some sense of like, it's hard to be told that something that you believe in isn't worth anything. 
you know, and yeah. to not take that personally. But I think that's where at a certain point, like I, I came to the point that I was like, everyone keeps telling me this isn't worth anything anyway. And it's destroying my life. So like, I'm just going to shut it down. Yeah. And then the minute you shut it down, everyone comes back on you and is like, what the hell? How are we going to book crew? You ruined my life. I don't ever want you to work again. And it's like, which one is it? Is it not worth right. anything or is it like the most valuable thing in your career right now? And, and I think that was one of my big takeaways was like, you can't, you can't put much stock in just what anyone says, honestly. And that, and that's the, like, at the end of the day, people were glad to take from it as long as they were getting something out of it and they didn't want to give back into it. And they didn't really care what that meant for me. Um, and when, you know, I sort of put my foot down, there were some people who were supportive, but for the most part, you know, everyone was just thinking about themselves and it was like, yeah. I, I think, you know, if people, had been in that bar when all of us were just maybe probably weren't even talking about work maybe at the time we were and seeing what you were going through seeing your eyes i think i hope anybody that would have been there would have encouraged you to shut it down i think it's totally different when you know keyboard warriors or whatever are gonna bitch and moan but when you look into somebody's eyes and you see like that they're not right and that they need to work on themselves and they've been giving up themselves for so long for others like there's no argument that you made the right call i mean look at yourself now just let's talk about from a physical perspective like chris is really in. obsessed with my body <laughs> well i mean <laughs> i've had a mul julia has literally said damn evan is like super fit now <laughs> i'm like yeah he's he's doubled down the crossfit world he's spent time on uh on himself and I think that I don't want to blame it on like internet culture, but having so much free stuff available to us at a click of a button has made us very like um, close handed with things like we're always taking and bringing it into ourselves right. versus opening up our hands and giving. And yeah, sometimes like, OK, cool. I mean, I, I think everyone survived you shutting it down. <laughs> yeah, everybody's the, uh... cool. The video village quickly filled in the gap. Right. Um, and, you know, and that was fine. Like, that was the thing that I had some sort of brief angst about and then quickly had to let go. Um, but, yeah, it, well, and to give you some credit, I was thinking about this today, actually. I think I owe my initial interest in co CrossFit to you because you were on the CrossFit train years before I was, and I probably made fun of you. And then, like, years later, okay. I sort of jumped on the bandwagon. Well, you have a, um, when you get on to things, you just take them to the extreme. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I'm so not, anytime you get into something, you have a very halfway. addictive personality. So exactly. You know, like Michael Scott said, you know, what did he say? Don't, don't half shit bullshit. Maybe I'm. Oh, don't, no, don't half ass. Yes. Two full things. Ass. Full ass one thing. <laughs> exactly. You full ass whatever is in front of you. And um, for me, I just use it as a way to hang out with Julia and then just to keep a little bit of fitness for like handheld work and stuff i do a lot but you are like You're very fit dude, i'm though. going to crossfit games <laughs> maybe not as a competitor but i gotta you know when i film it at least look like i belong there yeah so you're you you're a very fit dude though i feel like i do i mean it's funny because this is another self-perception thing i mean I, I i tend to still most days i still feel like a fat fuck like it's it's a hard mental thing to yeah, get over in your head exactly um but uh there's something funny to like 
I feel like it's it's such a stark comparison and it's such an easy comparison. I don't have it with me right now, but in my I still have my driver's license from when we first moved to Connecticut, which was right around the time that everything shut down. And uh, I was at Trader Joe's a week or two ago and I bought some beer and got ID'd. And the lady literally looked at the ID, looked at me, and she said something to the tune of like, that's really impressive. Congratulations for all the hard work you've put that's in. Awesome. Um, and it was, it was cool. Um, but you know, it's, it's, and there's a separate conversation that, you know, I think is a whole topic we could get into here, but it's like, it's always hard to update your perception of yourself from the way you used to be, you know? And I think a lot of days I still feel like, uh, I still feel like my fat out of shape self, or I feel like the 19 year old DSLR kid at NAB who didn't know what a DP was, or I, you know, what, whatever those perceptions are, are hard to outrun. And and it's normal to get that like imposter syndrome that gets associated with that. But the moments that it clicks, you know, it does, it does feel good. And it's crazy to try and give yourself some perspective and go like, look at how far we've come. You know, I mean, I was thinking about this too. There might be more uh, dollar value gear at play in this podcast oh, than God. on the first thing we worked together on. Um, I've got an O'Connor tripod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Anybody like, on FX9 right now? Yeah. And, and, but like, that's just, it's silly, but it's true. It's like, it's something that I, I am grateful for, you know, like, it's funny that like we, we do this thing that's like, we should record our phone calls and we have the ability to like do it in the way we are right now, which, you know, we're not some uh, broadcast TV station, but I think it's easy to always just sort of feel like you're not living up to stuff. And it's like, this is, this is cool. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Glad to be doing it together. And, uh, to anyone who got this far, uh, good for you. The next one will be more coherent. (laughs) Yeah. If we do another one. (laughs) 